Hi, I'm Steve Mabb, Chair of the Australian Shareholders Association, and we're proud to be hosting the 2024 Investor Conference in Melbourne from the 19th to the 21st of May. And we're stoked that Phil, the host of this podcast, is going to be our special guest MC. If you haven't heard much about the ASA Conference, it's a flagship event that attracts around 300 investors and industry professionals, including the Chair of National Australia Bank this year, the Chair of AGL. We have Dr. Sam Hupert, the founder and CEO of Primedicus, and we've also got Richard White, the founder and CEO of WiseTech coming along, along with many others. For a limited time, new members can enjoy special pricing on registration for the upcoming conference, along with a complimentary 12-month digital membership with the ASA. That's two-day conference registration plus one-year ASA membership for $499, a saving of $150. Simply search for Australian Shareholders Conference Register, click on two-day conference non-member, enter the discount code MEM, as in member, 499, the number's 499, so that's MEM 499 to claim your special offer. Come along and meet me and Phil at the conference. We look forward to seeing you there. And I hope you enjoyed this episode of Shares for Beginners. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Shares for Beginners. Weekend Watch List. G'day and welcome back to Shares for Beginners Weekend Watch List, where we'll be taking a close look at an individual company, sector or ETF that you may wish to consider for your watch list. It's not a recommendation to buy, but a way for you to learn how experts screen for value. Joining me today is Jason McIntosh from Motion Trader. Phil, thank you for having me having me back. So Jason, today we're talking about Cleos Space. The ASX code is KSS. Cleos is an emerging player in the space industry. Jason, let's have a look at this company. Yeah, Phil, I love a good space story, and this certainly... <laughs> Don't we all? It's a like Star Trek, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> it is a bit, and this one certainly fits the bill. So what Klaus is doing is they use clusters of satellites to collect radio frequency data across maritime areas around the globe, and uh, then they use that data to detect and geolocate illegal or hidden activities. So this is stuff like drug smuggling or people smuggling, illegal fishing, there's border patrol breaches they, they can pick up. So it's got these really broad uses within the defence, security and maritime intelligence. So what they did, they launched an initial cluster of, of satellites in November last year. And uh, the company plans to launch two additional clusters sometime mid-year, so around now, and then late in 2021. So that'll give them a, a, a total of 12 satellites and overall, they're targeting a constellation. It's like I love these words they use, a constellation of up to 20 satellites. And every time they put up a, a cluster, they say they get better intelligence data, and then that's in, then sold. And the more clusters they get there, it generates higher value data sets. So look, what they're saying is they've got really good interest from things like navies, coast guards, defence, border control agencies, and they're targeting around 50 active subscribers by year end. And they've got a pipeline of over 160 prospects. Now, the thing with this sort of business is that 
the opportunity really is huge. So management's saying that the addressable market, the geospatial technology sort of area, is predicted to reach around 550 billion US by 2025. And now you look at a company like Klaus, they've only got a market cap of $150 million. So if they're successful in rolling out what they're doing and executing on their plans well, tapping into this big market, you can see how there's a a really lot of upside potential in this sort of company. Now, they're currently transitioning to operational status and they're anticipating annualized revenues of around $7 million by year end. So it's an interesting company. They're not just talking about doing something. They're actually in the process of doing it. And I think it's one of those ones which is like well worth having a close look at. We've often heard the term software as a service, but this company is data as a service. Is this a category? Yeah, Look, it's, it's a new and, and growing growing category, and they've got some really interesting technology which they're starting to deploy. And look, if they can gain traction in the sort of the marketplace which they're aiming at, as we were saying, it's a very big market for a relatively small company to be tapping into, and that's where the potential is. So isn't it expensive to launch a satellite? Do they actually launch their own satellites? Yeah. No, they um, look, they don't have their own rocket program. What they do, they send up satellites on board one of Elon Musk's SpaceX rockets, the Falcon 9. The Falcon 9 rocket takes it up there. And I love this bit. They don't actually hire the whole rocket. It's done through something called a, a rideshare contract. So, you know, I thought rideshare was when you got a cab home with your mates, but apparently you can get satellites into orbit on, on rideshare rockets nowadays. And when we think of a satellite, you probably think of something like the size of a car, but the satellites that Klaus are using, they're only really small. They're called nanosatellites. They're about the size of a shoebox. So that's sort of like where technology has gone in that you can have these really small devices orbiting the earth but producing these valuable data sets. And uh, look, if you wanted to do something like this, say, 20 years ago, you'd probably have to you know, go talk to NASA and book a mission on the space shuttle. But you know, nowadays, it's just call Elon, get on the, the Falcon 9, and um, you know, it couldn't be easier. So it's basically becoming more accessible for companies to access. And that's making it possible for a company like Klaus to come up with this technology and potentially make a, a very profitable business from it. What caught your eye about Klaus then? Well, it's one of those companies that turned up in my momentum scans. So what I'm doing, I'm I'm scanning the market for stocks that are showing upward price momentum. And this one came up in my scans back in March when it was just starting to move higher after a period of of not doing very much. And uh, the really interesting thing with momentum is when you, you you look behind that momentum, you can find some really interesting stories. And look, this is just a small, relatively small stock, $150 million. It doesn't get it into the all ordinary. So without probably look this process of momentum scanning the market, it'd be really hard to identify. You just wouldn't find it amongst the, the 2,000 odd stocks on the market. You might, but look, it's quite difficult. Bit hard to find, yeah. It is. So that, that's a, you know, the great thing about momentum. And that's how these ideas catch my eye. Like the momentum is sort of like the flashing light, which says, look at me. And then you go and you look and you go, are you worth looking at? And uh, you pull it apart, you have a look at what's driving it and go, well, actually, there's not much of a story here. Or in this case, wow, this is a good story. I'm, you know, this is good. This is a good one to sort of like pick up. So yeah, that's how it caught my attention. 
And you also like the fact that the co-founders are still major shareholders. Yeah, I always like to see co-founders and management on the share register, particularly with these small to mid-sized companies. And you know, nothing says that you believe in a company more than having your own money invested. And in fact, I, I'm actually a little bit wary when I see a, see a company which seems to be doing well, it seems to have a good story, but management aren't investors, like, well, why aren't you invested? What am I missing? So having the co-founders on board, having the management on board, that's a big tick for me. I'm more comfortable buying into a story when I know that, yeah, the guys behind the company have skin in the game. Can you give us a quick explanation of momentum then? Yeah, so momentum is essentially it's a prevailing direction in a company's share price. And another name of momentum is the trend. So you'd hear people talk about maybe trend following. That's um, what momentum basically is. And so the trend is essentially the path of least resistance. It doesn't guarantee that you're going to make money, but what it can do, it can help. One, it can help identify interesting ideas, but it can also put the money in your favor because you're trading in the you know this path of least resistance. And what I like to think of momentum as, I like to think of it as opportunities calling card. And that's because you know, it's drawing my attention to situations. And like we were saying, when you look behind that momentum, you can find some really interesting stories. And uh, you know, particularly so in the, the small to mid caps where there's so many small to mid cap companies which offer really good opportunities, but you often only hear about them when they make the news because they've done something really good. And by that stage, their share price is probably a whole lot higher. So the idea is you use momentum to find them hopefully at an earlier stage of their growth cycle. And you just look at the top performing stocks each year. And the one thing they all have in common is that they've had upward momentum in their share price over the year. And this is what helps them stand out and helps you get involved before you know you read about them in last year's top performers list. So look, Momentum, it's not the holy grail. A stock can quickly lose momentum and, and fall on price, but that's where you use risk management techniques. And overall, if you can identify good opportunities, you can use risk management to, to manage that risk. Momentum's uh, the best way I know to probably to put the odds in your favor and, and find those stocks you otherwise wouldn't come across any time you know, in their really good in their growth cycle. So with this particular company, KSS, um, are there any risks that um, you can see? Look, as always, everyone's got market risk when you invest in the stock market. That's one of the unavoidable facts of being an investor. And there's also company risk. So that's where the management has a plan, but perhaps they don't execute on that plan as well as they could have, or something happens, you know, the SpaceX stop taking satellites into to orbit or the price becomes too high. You know, things which are out of the company's control can also affect these investments. But look, the thing is you can manage all these risks with an exit strategy. But then apart from the exit strategy, it's also about spreading your risk. So I've got a stake in Klaus Space myself, but it's only it only makes up about one and a half percent of my portfolio's value. So if it doesn't work out, there's not really a great deal of downside. But if it does go on to double or triple its value, well, then it can make a meaningful contribution to the, the overall portfolio's result. So what I do is I'm, I'm building a portfolio of stocks you know, like this one, and I don't know which ones are going to be a big hit and which ones won't work out. We only know that in hindsight. 
But by having a portfolio of stocks, I'm spreading my risk and I'm increasing the odds of getting several big wins. So whether it be um, you know, Klaus Base or, or some other stock in the portfolio, it's about having exposure to you know fingers and many pies sort of thing, but also like keeping the risk of them not working, keeping it you know, relatively low. And you know, this is what I want in an investment. I want this asymmetric risk. And by that, what that means is I want situations where my upside is significantly greater than my downside. And, you know, if you play those odds all day, you're probably going to do pretty well over time. If listeners want to find out more information about um, Motion Trader and um, your techniques, how can they get in touch? Look, the best way is to come over to the website, motiontrader.com.au. And I've got a good free four-part training series for people who are interested in some of the sort of strategies I use to identify stocks and what I use for exit strategies. And uh, look, there's also just some good general information about some of the interesting stock ideas which I'm seeing in the market and, and hopefully give um, investors some ideas on what they might do with their, with their capital. Fantastic. Jason McIntosh, thanks very much for joining me today. Thank you, Phil. Shares for Beginners is for information and educational purposes only. It isn't financial advice and you shouldn't buy or sell any investments based on what you've heard here. Any opinion or commentary is the view of the speaker only, not shares for beginners. This podcast doesn't replace professional advice regarding your personal financial needs, circumstances or current situation. And thank you for listening to my podcast. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.